God is forgiving him. God is cleansing them. God is wiping them away. That's what God gives to people. Understanding, knowledge, instruction. That's what he gives. Now this is how faith is built in our hearts. That is what we also look out for. Now God, give me the faith with which I enter my throne. I say, boy, you see, you see, this throne thing is too, you know, you are too eager for it. And those who are so eager for the throne, they're doing, they are never established in it. They won't last in it. Relax. Before I put you on the throne, I prepare you for the throne. So David be running up and down. In all this running up and down, you are learning a lot of instructions. You are being corrected. If David, listen, no matter how much God loved David, if he had mounted that throne a year after Samuel anointed him, that's how he would have shipwrecked everything. I mean, he was a small boy. He needed to be instructed. I suppose he used to sneak to go and see Samuel. And someone will say, oh, my king, you're welcome. Sit down here. And he will sit down. And they will talk through the night. They will enter into trouble somewhere along the line. They will sneak back and say, what do I do? And one of the priests will tell him, oh, this is what someone said we should tell you next time you come around. Listen, such situations are handled by this, like this, like this, like that. And that's how David was going and going on until the day Saul finally died. I hope you're getting my point. I see what the Bible says. Of course, men were, every day they were deflecting to what? To, to whom? To David. And David was getting stronger and stronger. And why the house of Saul was getting weaker and weaker. What was God doing? Why didn't he not trust David suddenly on the throne? He said, if I do. Glo-, you see, the Hebrew word for glory is weight. He said, the weight will kill him. So let him build up gradually, bit by bit. So Saul is getting weaker and weaker, and David is getting stronger and stronger. In that process, David keeps on learning the precepts of God. So Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, when you interact with scriptures, they make you wise in the ways of God, so you can enter into your promised inheritance. Did you see where I read that now? They make you wise unto what? Salvation. So if I'm down, if I have an anointing, if I have grace upon my head, what do I do? David said, I will give thanks to you for you as you have answered me. I will pray. And then what will God give? So, James said it to us. What will God give? Wisdom. How do I get it? I pray. God give me the spirit of wisdom. I interact with scriptures. I keep on learning the wisdom that produces salvation. And I'll show you in a moment. It is that wisdom that God is actually establishing, not you. I pray you understand what I just said. In this life, that's what we're teaching at Barclay. If, if we can get our Barclay series on the, the, the principle of fruitfulness. Please try and f- follow it. I taught this one last week in Barclay. What God is establishing is not you per se. It is the wisdom. Let me explain what I'm going to say. Everything that God produces on the earth, all right, is a physical manifestation of a spiritual substance. David, Jesus said like this, sacrifice an offering you have not desired. He said, in whole burnt offerings you have had no pleasure. He said, a body rather you have prepared for me. That is, when I came to this earth, he said, when, you know, you know, I come, in the volume of the book is written of me. 
I desire to do thy will. Thy law is within my heart. What was he saying? Listen. This is what he was saying. For the law of God, for the true sacrifice of God, which Jesus represented, to be effected on the earth, God needed to prepare what? A body. So he said, every seed has a body. Do you get my point here? So anytime you see a body, it's not the body that's the issue, it's the seed. Okay. What I'm saying, let me try and break it down. Let me use this illustration, my best illustration. From the mouth of the man Henry Ford. You've heard me quote it many times. Henry Ford said, the success of the Ford Motor Company. Now let me tell you what, how uh, the, uh, the Ford Motor Company was. At the point in time, the man also became the richest man in the world. He became uh, Henry Ford. He was, he became, that is, if you try to make noise, he doesn't get enough rubber. He buys the whole rubber plantation. Get me rubber, get me rubber. I won't get no rubber for my cars. So he goes to Mexico. He goes to Brazil and buys the whole rubber plantation so it belongs to him. Henry Ford is credited with reshaping American demography. He moved people from the villages and the farms to the towns because he made it possible for all of them to own cars. Single-handed. It is said that he created the American middle class. Before you were either rich or poor. Henry Ford created people who were in between. By paying them well. So they were laboring for him. And they could afford the decent things of life. Good house. Good everything. Good education for their children. Because he paid them enough. That's Henry Ford. So Henry Ford said. The success of the Ford Motor Company. Now follow me. It's not about the machine. That carries the name Ford. It says about a business principle. That the company is successful to prove that that business principle is right. I hope you're getting my point. Let me drop a few of his business principles. One, he believes that you are there to serve as many people as possible. So your price will keep on coming down so you can reach more people. So every price is calculated to balance the survival of the company with the ability to reach more people. Another example I like to give. The man said, even though you bring money and buy a car from me, your name is not on the car. It's my name that's on the car. Did you get that? If they park the car outside, they don't know whether it belongs to Kingsley or Kimote. Or Emeka, they don't know. But they always know it was made by Ford. <laughs> no, think about it. There are many cars outside. You don't know who, who, which belongs, unless you know the person personally. But you know everyone made by Toyota. You know everyone made by Honda. You know everyone made by Mercedes-Benz. That's what it means, that the, your, the car does not carry your name. It carries my name. He said, therefore, the integrity of the car is my integrity. So if the car breaks down the express road, my name broke down the express road. So he said, I need to defend my name. So the man will make cars so that they will not break down. And that if they break down, it's my fault, not yours. So he gives you a warranty. That's a business principle. Are you getting my point? Without any viable competition, he kept on dropping his prices. Without anybody asking him to, he kept on increasing wages for his workers. He said a man needs to be happy to work well. And Ford went as far as providing houses and inspecting how you live in them. That sick people can't work. Dirty houses make for sick people. 
He also believed as an example that all men are not created with the same amount of capacity for certain things. That not all of us will be entrepreneurs. That no, once you are alive, I will find a job for you. So you will create a job that requires you just do like this. You move your hand forward, move it backward. People are, they, they, they insulted and say it's creating robots. He said, but I'm paying the robot well. And that the man was not a robot because he works for me. He was a robot before I met him. <laughs> I just gave him a job to do. That left to people like you, the robot will starve. So just pick this one, screw it. Put this one, screw it. You get enough money to live in a decent house. Your children go to good school. You live in, you, know, you, you can buy a car you are working on. That was, but this is the point. When he first doubled his workers' wages, every other manufacturer said, this man is crazy. He will kill all of us. There's no way we will sustain this. He said, no, you don't understand. A happy worker works better. That don't worry. That, okay, all I need to do is improve their efficiency. So improve the efficiency. Those are his principles. I'm not saying he was a saint, but you can see the basic principles he was trying to work with. So he said, I just give you examples. Of, he has more, all right? I read his book. I just give you examples to let you know what he meant when he said the success of the motor company was to show everybody that what I was saying was right. He says nothing about the car itself. It's about a set of principles that we are supposed to live by. That's what I mean when I say that what God is establishing is his precepts, not you. I hope you're getting my point. That is why if you want to succeed as a believer, dare to be different. You have not done God any favor, doing everything the same way everybody did it and getting somewhere. Because I have made no point. I've gotten no glory. Before you, they did it like that. I hope you're getting my point. What is unique about you is that first I gave you a precept. You held on to it. Like I was saying in the back of the on Monday, I said, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That if you get the precept from me, it will overcome. No matter how stupid it looks at the beginning. Unless I'm not the one that gave it to you. He said, once it is born of God, it overcomes. And what God is establishing, that's the point I'm making, is that precept. I want you to get it, bear it in mind. Listen, let me just quickly draw this. Paul said to Timothy, you've known the holy scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation. We have established what salvation is, right? It's deliverance. It's being established on the throne that somewhere promised when he anointed you with oil and your life went into jeopardy. <laughs> Do you not get my point? <laughs> you were at peace until Samuel came. He poured his troublesome oil on your head. And your life was not at peace again. For the next few years, you were running from one wilderness to another one, dodging bullets. Okay? What is salvation? To enter into the throne for which that oil was poured on your head. But God said, even though I have anointed you, you will not enter into it until you have learned my precept. Do you get my point? Until you have learned the, the wisdom that produces salvation. So that anointing has only opened you up to receive that what? Wisdom. So there are two forms of precepts Christians must go for. Two sides. Number one, there's what I call the general rules that apply to everybody. They are the general precepts of God. The commandments of God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the poor in spirit. 
Blessed are the merciful. All those instructions in righteousness, they apply to everybody. Based upon those instructions in righteousness, having imbibed them, what the Holy Spirit now does is to narrow something, you know, just bring something out for you. And it becomes your own personal wisdom for salvation. That this is how I will do my thing. Now listen to me. It's based upon a lot of the general principles you have imbibed. Do you get my point? Let, look, let me give you a few principles. I'd just like to give you as an example. Because God has helped us in, in Kingdom World Ministries a lot. Okay? Now, people always ask, why do you give your materials free on the internet? No, it's not unique. Many people do that. Okay? But why did we do, why do we do that? One, there are many reasons. The most important reason is that we have been sent to go and reach the people of God with this truth. So we have to remove every obstacle along the way as much as possible. We try our best each time to remove the obstacles. That's the reason. And so if God has given the opportunity, the ability to do it, we just do it. All right? The second reason is that, the Bible says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall do what? For the mercy. He said, if you, God, forgive us our trespasses. Now, you see where I'm going? <laughs> I'm twisting this one around. I know how we grew up as Christians. I knew how we did. How many things did I buy in my life? How many? Even the ones that I bought, I multiplied 100 from it and distributed to the brethren. Lest I be judged in retrospect. <laughs> I said, no, God. The thing that I did not do that time, I won't do it now. I said, no, no, God, so let's just get it clear. So let's show that I really believe. And of course, like I always used to say, said, no, you can't copy this table. You can't photocopy this book. I always say, it's anointing your father's property. <laughs> the fact that you're anointed doesn't mean it's your own. It's our own. It's our own. There's no intellectual property rights to preaching the gospel. You think you're the one that did it? You spoke something? No, no, really. And I mean, look. Let me tell you something about my wife to make you laugh. She's a better person now than ever before, amen? Just like me. I'm better now than I was last week. I found out. All right? And I'm better than I was last year. And of course, definitely better than I was 20 years ago. There was a day my wife annoyed me very well. So I told her, I'm going to preach. Don't come near where I'm preaching. You know what she said? You can never stop me from coming to hear the word of God. Did you hear what I said? I'm the one preaching, no. I'm not saying don't go to church. He said, what do you mean? I shouldn't come and hear the word. I said, don't come near where I'm preaching today. So she stayed at home and allowed me to go. Then meeting starts by five. So around five minutes to five, she came, packed downstairs. And once she knew that I had mounted the pulpit, she came in and sneaked at the back and sat down. And as soon as I finished preaching, she came and entered her car and ran back. <laughs> That is, there's a difference between my weekend husband and Pastor Banky. Pastor Banky is anointed. He's a man of God. But this black face that I've married, <laughs> is a different human being. <laughs> so she separates it very well. So no matter how wickedly you behave, I'll still go and listen to Pastor Banky. And please, husband, do not stop me from listening to Pastor Banky. Sounds funny, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, no, that's the wisdom in it. So that is the way I, be, I used to behave too. You say, don't copy this. I say, why? Is it your own? 
First, this anointing belongs to our father. Do you hear what I said? Our father. I have as much right to it as you do. So, you are the one that carried the anointing does not mean it's not my own too. So if you say, you can't copy this tape, I will go to my Heavenly Father's court and plead ultra-virus, that's what you call it, that you have acted beyond your powers. You do not have the power to tell me not to eat from my Father's table just because you are the cook. Warn yourself. That's how we live, though. So I will buy one tape and make 500 copies. There's nothing for. And I say, okay, if you, if you don't like it, go and report to God. Then I will come and defend myself. And you, you can't even stand. How can you stand? You can't be justified to say, Lord, I preached a good word, and this boy copied it. God will say, oh, bless him for me. The, the ark is in the house of Obededom. The Lord is good. So these are the general principles I'm talking about. That's how we run Kingdom World Ministry. So, that the, so it's based on general principles. Okay? Then inside it, we start discovering something that is specific that we are supposed to do. So, this is how we do things. We, 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 we keep on publicizing it. People say, can we, I say, we'll say, in fact, those are our early MP3s. We say, copying is encouraged for sharing with others. We keep on announcing it. We propagate it. You know the truth? I am convinced. That's one way by which God helped this ministry to grow to where it grew to. That's in affecting people. Because people don't feel any compunction. There are no problems. Hey, you want this message power? They just shift from phone to phone. Phone to phone. Some people have never been to the website. But they have loads that they collected from their friends. One brother told me the other day, he said, I've listened to all your messages. I said, it's not possible. I said, we have over 1,200 on the website. He says, sir, I have listened to all of them. Even me, I became afraid of the individual. <laughs> that how did you manage? He said, there is nothing you have said that I have not heard. Nothing. I told him, look, he said, sir, I said, over, he said everything. I have listened to more than 1,200. If you put it today, I listen to it by tomorrow. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. Why is that possible? Because God has given us what? Wisdom that leads to what? Salvation. Now, I'm, I, you know, it's a bit unfortunate when I say a bit of that. I've been a preacher. I use ministry a lot. But when I say unfortunate, what I mean is this. It actually applies also to business. It may not be word for word, okay, the way ministry runs, but the principle is the same. There are many things you want to do in business. Okay, let me give okay, very good example. Till tomorrow I ask myself, what is Google gaining from giving us Google Earth free of charge? What are they gaining from helping us navigate totally free of charge? Everywhere you want to navigate, the day I respected Google, when it could find a wedding venue or funeral venue in Anambra, if you can find a road in Anambra, you are next to God. <laughs> I couldn't... Do you want know, inside and that is inside you know that you can even pronounce these Nigerian names alone? We should give you you know, is that take the next talk. That is there are tongues that are parallel to each other, you turn almost you know two seventy degrees like this. Google knows it. Like Israel and I will always say, say, ask the American girl. If I go somewhere, I'm not sure, say, ask the American girl. Bring out Google, you know, Google Maps. Continue on your road for five kilometers. Believe how? <laughs> Believe that girl. 
One day in Kai and I were in Port Harcourt, coming from Mundo. Then Israel and Okemuti had gone to Port Harcourt, so we were coming from Mundo. We came, entered Port Harcourt from another angle we're not very used to. The girl told us, take the fourth exit. Ah, we said, there are only three exits here now. Take the fourth exit. This girl said, we said there are only three exits. So we counted one, two, three. We took the fourth, third exit. Now, so we take loss. <laughs> I it cost us over an hour to recover from that loss. That's how we missed our way. Later on, we realized that this girl, when she said fourth exit, she meant fourth exit. Except that fourth exit means return onto the road you are coming from. Because it was a four road, you know, roundabout. So when we're coming from road A. This is road B, road C, road D. Fourth exit will be back to road A. And she meant it. She knew there was a divide on the road. And that the only way to go to the other side of the divide is to go through the roundabout. So we decided we were wiser than that girl from America. <laughs> That's how we got missing. No? I'm telling you the truth. That's in Canada. We drive. We drive. We drive. One time we almost found ourselves in somebody's sitting room. I think I'm not lying. We took one turn like this. Bam, we are somebody's dormant, like they say. Ah! After that, we shut the thing down. Hold that you love hacking down to me. Then your righteousness will have been that you say. We didn't hack. The point I'm making is this. why did they give us free of charge? I don't understand. I don't know the principle behind it. But whatever it is, they use it to conquer the whole world. The day iPhone decided that they wanted to be angry with, he said, the Bible said, kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish out of the way. One day, Apple said they were angry with Google, with uh, Google. So they released, it was the iPhone 7 that time, and they did not install Google Maps. They came with Apple Maps. The whole world said, Waka. Where? Because people were missing their road anyhow. The earth was changing terrain. You will, if you see, quickly, Apple released Google Maps on their iStore, on the Apple Store, so I put said download that these people were downloading. I said, Rob, after that, I put it, we are sorry. We know they do map again. <laughs> no, there are some things you see in the business world. You know what the Bible is saying? Say, kiss the son. Lest he, he, he be angry. They want Nokia. Kiss the son. Nokia said, we know the kiss. Say, kiss the son. Kiss the son. He will be angry. You perish out of the way. Where is Nokia today? Perish out of the way. <laughs> Look, if you know scriptures, even business, you'll be seeing the word of God in it. What am I going to say? I don't know how they got it, but they got their own wisdom. And they dominated virtually everything on the earth. Most phones people use powered by Android. Most human beings that use mobile phones now have Google accounts. That is sometimes I said, look, Antichrist doesn't have too much work to do. Just take over Google. Once you take over Google, forget it. You know, Satan said to Jesus, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. It has been delivered unto me. That was Google talking. <laughs> Google has collected everything. The, look, look, a man like Henry Ford, sometimes I used to read, when I read, I said, but these things are there. Why are people still not following it now? I'll tell you why. Because some of these principles don't yield immediate results. Unless you really are ready to serve, you can't follow them. Unless you are really ready to serve, you can't follow some of these principles. What's the point we're making? Listen to this. What God is establishing is that wisdom that he gives to you. We're talking about how faith is built in your heart. Let's not forget that. It's not by saying, let me have faith. No. 
It is that, listen, whatever I want to do in this life, what is most important to me is that it is pleasing to God. And what God is establishing is that thing that is pleasing to Him. That's the point I'm making. That is what He is establishing. So whatever you want to do in this life, listen, see, let me say this again. Money, when we talk about 666, I've said it to you many times, believe me, nobody is coming to tattoo your head. They are not planting any chip under your skin. Those are types. They are, uh, what do you use for images used to convey something now? Yeah, there are types and there's another word. Illustrations, there's another word I'm looking for. Eh? Me- okay, whatever. Metaphors, thank you, but you get my point. So when they talk about uh, a brand on the forehead or forehead, it doesn't really mean somebody's coming to you know, put some image on your head like that. I believe that one stands for something. I know the right hand stands for strength, where you earn money from, where you get food from. That's what that one stands for. I am convinced many people have taken the brand mark of the Antichrist on their right hands, but they are still waiting for somebody to come and tattoo something. Why? They will never do anything except the CIA favors them. It's a sign of the Antichrist. When you talk about your forehead, listen, I believe that it's talking about the image of the person you represent. Many people in the world today, that's many Christians, are projecting the image of the world in everything they do. Their marketing principles is worldly. The basis upon which their, you know, their business, their businesses are founded is, is worldly. So, anytime they do something, they are reflecting worldly principles, even in how they run ministry. They've taken the mark of the beast they don't know. Let me say what I say. Churches are built sometimes, when you hear the principles upon which they are built, you know it can't survive. Now listen. God does something, he always judges things that are against him. Listen, if you build a church, a ministry, a career, whatever it is, on worldly principles, God will judge it one day. And many times he will judge it when you can't do anything about it anymore. Let me give you an example. Lot was called a righteous man, whatever name you call Lot. But entering into Sodom hmm, was an unrighteous principle for him. So many things to say. Let me quickly drop one for you, okay? Don't ever, listen to me. There is a, no, as the direct prince said, the worst sin of Christians is what? Pride. There's one problem with pride. Proud people don't know. They are proud. Any man that knows he's proud, he's already humble. So all the people that feel like they are not proud are the ones that are proud. The ones that don't, me, me I know I'm proud though. That guy is close to salvation. What am I going to say? As a Christian, eh, never feel because you read your Bible, you pray, you give, you are okay. The Bible says, let him that thinks he stands, take heed, lest he falls. Because life has different aspects. You can be a righteous man in this area. And on the other area, you are subject to evil. That is why a man like David, the Bible says, he was a man after God's own heart. Yet God never gave him as an example of marriage. His family was scattered. His home was tumultuous. And at the age of 70, he was weak. At the age at which Caleb had not gone to battle. Caleb was still waiting, rolling his sword. 
still jogging for the day. 70. Caleb was not even ready to fight yet. He was still just warming up in the morning. 85 was when he went and said, Joshua, oh boy, how far now? You know, God said at that time, that that place is my own. So I want to go and lead the charge. It was 85. At that time, David was like, sorry, he was dead. Apologies, he was dead. Ten, 15 years before that time, he could not even keep warm. They looked for one small girl in body hot. They go and lie down beside Oga. He can say, ah, am I safe? Say, you are safe. He's dead. <laughs> this was a man after God's heart. I hope you get my point. So why didn't God bless that area? Because God never blesses disobedience. Never. 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 When he wants to bless you in an area in which you are disobedient, he first brings correction. Until you receive the correction, you stay there. Let someone anoint it from now to tomorrow. That's your problem. If you don't know how to control yourself when it comes to women affairs, your name is David. Your kingdom will not endure for too long. 70 years, you'll be tired. And God will say, oh, a man after my heart. And you'll be wondering, God, did you see the other side? God said, no, I just said not to look at it. So you bless it for what? Me, bless disobedience. What will will light to the next generation? Why am I talking about it? The Bible called Lot a righteous man. That's why I'm talking about it. When we were giving examples of righteous men, Lot was mentioned. That he was in Sodom. Did not defile himself. Do you get my point? He trained his children as best as he could. But you know what? The principle of coming to Sodom was judged. Eventually, Lot left Sodom with nothing. Remember, he came there because of what? Abundance. He came there because the land was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the plains of Zoan. When a man goes to you no know, describing it, that was what brought him there, and he stayed outside. He landed inside Sodom. All his righteousness preserved him. Time for judgment, it took him out. But what did he come here to look for? Prosperity. God said, you came on the wrong note. I can never bless it. He left with nothing. Nothing. Lot left that place empty. He left that place empty. He couldn't even bring his wife out. Please, I hope you're getting my point here. So that's why we have to be careful. Because what God is doing, like I said, any principle exalted against that of Christ, against that of the wisdom of God, he will judge eventually. He will always judge it. Any principle we establish our lives upon that are against the precepts of God, he will judge them. Even if you prospered in it for a while, like Lord did in Sodom, eventually God judged it. That's how it works. That's why if David had taken the throne, you know, if David had killed Saul, I hope you know he would have gotten the throne. He would have gotten it quicker. But you know what? That principle will still have been judged. It will still have been judged. As in this life, listen to me. Don't ever, don't try and outsmart God. Some people think that when they finish doing 419 or carrying cocaine, when they have made a lot of money, then they will not repent. You must think this God is a fool. When you not finish repenting, you build a church, build two churches, then the society will forgive you your sins. You know that? They will forget that if every drug dealer is doing like this guy did, this country will have moved forward. 
If every corrupt official did what this man did, this country will have moved forward. And you know the truth? Even if I was the president, I would still say like that. But in my heart, I know I'm telling lies. I don't know what I get to my point. <laughs> I tell guys, you know, you know, oh, so many things to say. You know, there's, you know, when you're teaching like this, eh? biblical principles will just be jamming inside your head. That's what happened to David, to, to Joab. Joab was faithful to David. He, he felt too powerful. He felt too powerful. So he began to break divine precepts. Ha! David looked at him. Joab, they don't do like this. I gave an instruction. Don't touch that boy. You did. Abner came. You killed him. Ha! But you know what? Joab was too powerful. He was so powerful. David said, these people are too powerful for me. There's nothing I can do. But do you know what? The divine principle broken still broke Joab. You don't break God's principles. He breaks you. Joab thought he had gotten away because once David dies, everything is over. You know, Joab, part of what he did was to blackmail David. People don't know. Oh, that's what, part of what he did. He told that man, go, report what happened. He said, when did my Lord begins to get angry and tell you this and tell you that? Why did you go? He said, say, say to him, your servant Uriah is dead also. Pure blackmail. He conspired with David to kill Uriah. And he knew. And David knew that he knew. And he knew that David knew that he knew. <laughs> that guy was too powerful. <laughs> David, man of God, they look at him. No problem. He calls Solomon. Solo. There are some jobs for God I didn't have the strength to do. You do them for me. You have the wisdom. Kill Joab. Solomon said, no problem, daddy. He set Joab up. Told his own man, Benaiah, go and kill him. Joab was judged. Listen, that's why I said, Christians, don't feel too good with yourself. You're giving an offering, doesn't mean anything. You have served God all your life, doesn't mean anything. Forget that thing. Every day, get on your knees and pray. Say to God, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Let him reveal what is wrong in you. Because no matter how much he loves you, if there's a wrong principle inside you, he will judge it. With all the days that Joab used to serve David, he didn't die in peace. Dave, Joab, Joab ran from who? It never happened all his life. Read your Bible. Joab doesn't run from anybody. Go and read your Bible. Never ran from anybody one day. That small boy, Solomon, mounted the throne. Joab ran. They said, where is he? He has rushed to the temple, to the, to the tabernacle, whatever. He has laid his hand on the horns of the altar. Solomon said, kill him there. That's what happens when somebody thinks, I've served God so much, nothing will happen. You don't break the precepts of God. Forget it. It breaks you. I'm talking about how we're supposed to live as believers. So whatever I want to do, if I want to start a small business, I say, God, let me build it in a manner that is pleasing to you. I want to start ministry. Help me. What are the precepts with which I will build? It's when you are thinking like this, that it starts giving you the Faith, that a day, having had this kind of thoughts in your heart, they will say Goliath is there, and you look so short in your eyes. Everybody will say, ah, look at this giant. They're like, this one? Give me a stone, may I stone the guy? No, in your mind, I don't, 
you, see, you must understand that David was not walking by faith like, hey, I declare, <laughs> I shall kill July today. Guys, support me with prayer as I'm facing July. No, David don't check him. Man, this guy is a big target. When me and my friends are slinging in the wilderness, we sling at straw, strands of hair. They will tie rope and say, let's see who can hit it. The men of David, who he trained partly, they used to sling with the right and the left equally. These are the kind of men David rode with. So he was looking like, this guy is big. This guy is big, man. I can't miss the target. All the one you were saying, the guy don't look um, There's a small gap in the armor. That's what I'm going for. I will stun him. He will fall. I cut his head. There was no faith in it. I don't know where I get my point. He knew what to do. The Bible says Jesus said he himself, he, knew, he wasn't guessing. He said, oh, the armor. Forget the armor. They wore armor on him. He said, oh, God, this will not let me sling. They gave David the stone. All David in the equals that one is written is 30, 30 revolutions per second. Boom! Boom! Tell them, give me that. <laughs> I don't know what I get my point. It's just like, hey, man of faith. No, guys, this is common sense. <laughs> now, but this is truth. When God has built faith in your heart, you know, I said something to you before. If what you are doing is by faith, it's foolishness, in quote. So, you really walking by faith, what you are doing makes sense. It's those of us who are watching you from outside that think you are walking by faith. If you're like, ah, I'm doing this by faith. Oh, guys, support me with prayer. <laughs> Stop it. There's no need. Go back to the garden. Go and pray until faith really enters your heart. When faith has entered your heart, you will stand and say, who are you looking for? Say, Jesus of Nazareth. Say, this is me. Fear will vanish from your heart. Fear will disappear from your soul. What are you talking about? David wasn't... Oh, oh, I don't to explain that's what, happen when, what happens when God has built faith in your heart. But it didn't go because say, ah, I want to build faith. No. The man was building his life by divine principles. That what pleases God here, let's do it. What pleases God here, we don't know it. Let's go and pray. Even though we are down, we will stay in the position where he has kept us until he gives us the wisdom with which we will operate and come out of here. Anybody who determines like that, this is my life. I just want to please God with everything that I do. Those are the people that take out giants. Those are the people that succeed in life. Those are the people that their faith becomes so big. There is nothing they can't take over. They are the people who describe as truly loving God. What have I said today? We deliberately build our lives, every aspect of it, on the precepts of God. When Daniel did that, Mishael did that, Azariah, Ananiah, when those four boys did those things, we saw their lives affecting the generations around them. Babylon was a corrupt city. Do you get my point? How do I know? Of all the commissioners and everything, only Daniel didn't have any problems. They elevated him. He was the only one that no corruption was found in him. And the rest of, you know, the, um, what's the name of our finance minister of those days? Ngozi. Ngozi said, fighting corruption is dangerous. She didn't just say it, it's in the Bible. When Daniel fought corruption, he ended the lives. <laughs> what am I going to say? 
yet he survived. That's where I'm going. He was the only one. He and his friends were the only ones that were not corrupt. In so in a corrupt land, this guy thrived without becoming corrupt. Listen, with faith, anything is possible. But this faith is built on a heart that set, made up his mind that just want to walk in a manner that is pleasing to God. Not trying to get something out of him, whichever way I can. I hope I've made a point today. Let's bow down heads and give the Lord thanks for the truth that is in his word. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, thank you for enlightening me again today. Say, Lord, thank you for enlightening me again today. The grace of God that instructs in righteousness. We talk to you in the name of Jesus Christ. It will deliver you from every bondage in the name of Jesus. It will deliver you from every fear in the name of Jesus. Fear will not keep you in Jesus' name. It will not keep you from fulfilling the purpose of God in the name of Jesus. It will not keep you from reaching your destiny in the name of Jesus. It will not even keep you from reaching your destination in Jesus' name. If you are going to nature, you will reach there safely. If you are going to Meduguri, you will get there safely. Every road you travel on this nation, for your sake, it is safe. Those who travel with you, they are safe. God will grant them safety because you are present. The angels of God will guard you. They will protect you. They will keep you from all evil. According to the word of the Lord, I declare, no evil will befall you. And no plague will come near your dwelling place. The mercy of God is upon this land for your sake. Prosperity will come to this land for your sake. In the name of Jesus Christ. Fear will not keep you. It will not keep you in bondage. It will not hide you from going forward. It will not keep you under a bushel. God's light upon you, it will shine. In the name of Jesus. Remember I said something to you earlier. Every land that has a promise has giants. The fact that there are giants in the land is not new. God took the people of Israel with miracles, miracles, miracles. He did not remove the giants from the land. I hope you are getting my point. They still got to the edge of the land. They still saw the giants. But if they bother to face the giants, none will have stood in their path. You know the truth I found out reading my Bible? Go and read your Bible. You know, God told the people of Israel, don't go to the land of the Edomites or the Moabites. I've given to the descendants of Esau. Those lands were also taken before by giants. The Edomites removed all the giants. The Moabites removed all the giants. Israel came, they were afraid of the giants. Muslims have prospered in this land. Christians are running to America. I don't know why you're getting, you getting my point. Muslims have prospered. But no, I was reading my Bible. When God was saying, go and read Deuteronomy, the, the first picture of Deuteronomy, God was telling Israel, don't go here. Then Moses will not give a history that they were called the Raphites. The Raphites used to be here. Then the Edomites arrived and killed them off. They will tell you another descendants of the Anakim. They were here. Then the, uh, the, the, the descendants of the Moabites, they came and killed them off. Then Israel saw those same giants and ran. Then Gote invested in Nigeria, became the richest man in the world. Christians want to go and sweep Gota in America. So God took a bit of faith, children's bread, and is dashing it to all kinds of people. And we spend all our time shouting about headsmen. You can read your Bible. When God wants to drive people from a land, he sends plague after them. Better pray for mercy so that they will go back to the wilderness where they came from. Whoa.
that they provoke sometimes. <laughs> you see, you know, the Bible says that the sons of Ephraim, being armed, in the day of battle, they turned back. People of God with faith in their hearts, they see challenges in the land, they turn back. I command you in the name of Jesus, go and prosper. Amen. I don't mean go and make money. I mean get up and go and walk, and God will cause it to flourish. Stop having dollar signs and other signs in your eyes. Get up and have productivity signs. Say so this land, we will take it up. Giant or no giant, we are moving forward. Amen. I declare to you that you will move forward. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, your people, pour a special blessing upon them this evening. So that nobody that came here sick will live here sick in the name of Jesus. Every pain, every disease, every affliction draws from your body in the name of Jesus. Amen. Remember, we said this season Christians will walk in divine health. Amen. Strengthen your bones, Amen. every part of your body. Amen. Remember, age is not a disease. Age is only allowed to do one thing for you, which is what? Make you wise. So stop giving excuses for Satan. Your back is paining you, it's a sin. It's not like it's your age. Lay hands on it and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins and heal my diseases. I hope you're getting my point. No matter how old you are, strength in your body in the name of Jesus. Amen. I say strength in your body in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, don't be afraid. Let the doctor tell you your renal function is going down. It's going up now in Jesus' name. Amen. It's going up in the name of Jesus. Amen. The only thing that's coming down is your high blood pressure. <laughs> Father, we give you praise for blessing us so much. We worship you. You are good. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. If you are coming for the first time, open to page 11 of that magazine that you were given. Just the last inner page. You see at the bottom there how we close our cult meetings. Remember every Christian is in a cult. Our cult is a cult of Jesus Christ. Open to anyone who we believe. We have our own incantations. Anything derived from the word of God. We all tighten to the atmosphere and we release the power of God. That's how we do when we close our meetings. Are you ready? People of God, let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Quickly bless the people around you. Say, this is your season. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. This is your season. Multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name. One more person. This is your season. One for yourself. This is my season. Multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Cheer up, brethren. God bless you. See you on Tuesday.